Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden, and joined, as always, not by a former Falcons fullback, but by America's number one podcasting host, Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, what's up, dude? How are you? What's up, boss? I'm good, man. Came back from uh, <laughs> Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, I was there over the weekend, and uh, it's it's warm. It's nice to be warm in, uh, what is it now, February? Yeah, February. But no, I'm, uh, I'm happy to be back in Atlanta, you know, ready to knock out some uh, some fun topics. Ovi, I was told by my uh, mom this weekend that I was pale because I ordered uh, <laughs> a vitamin D supplement in a, uh, a juice smoothie at breakfast. You, my friend, you're not no. pale. You're coming back from Arizona. No. You're you're looking no. you're looking good. You got some I got sun. A tan. I, yeah, there I'm you go. Very very light skin. <laughs> that's, that's false. I'm not like at all. But no, it was nice. It was nice to feel a little bit of warmth uh, in this time of the year. Yeah, not looking like Patrick Dimitrov anymore or, uh, or no. no Demarco. No, 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 Damn it. He, let me do that one more Loves time. You're not looking like Patrick DeMarco anymore. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Good fullback, but he's no Ovi Mahaley. No, yeah, it's not Ovi Mahaley. Um, all right. So today's podcast, we've got Kevin Knight, uh, Falcoholics kind of draft expert, uh, went to the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Wow. Man, the last time I was there, it was like 12 degrees. <laughs> which you don't think of when you're going to Mobile, Alabama. So hopefully it was not that cold for Kevin, but we will get into all of the kind of draft talk. That's it's this time of season for uh, for draft conversations. How are the teams going to improve? But because you played in the league, Ovi, I really want to talk to you a little bit about what should what should fans expect from all of the players that we're going to be talking about over the next four or five months? You know. Kyle Pitts is kind of the exception because you see a guy he like is. him and, and you realize, okay, this dude could probably step on the field tomorrow and, and be really good. Like he's that type of player, but you know, hopefully that's a once in a generation type of guy that the Falcons landed. Not every single day are you going to have somebody like that, especially when you're picking a little bit further in the draft, like the Falcons are doing this year compared to last year. It's four to eight, not a huge jump, but a little bit of a jump. So, Ovi, when when you're a player, how much do you look at a first round pick kind of coming into the locker room, eyeing up the guy saying, all right, what do you have? What can you bring to our locker room? What's that whole experience like? When um, I was uh, getting long in the tooth and I was around <laughs> you know, seven, eight, nine years in the league, I wanted to win a championship, and so I was very uh, dialed in on who my team was picking, who the Falcons were picking, because I wanted to be somebody who wasn't going to be a waste. It wasn't going to be a, you know, in about three years, he'll come around. I selfishly wanted to win now. I knew I had a limited <laughs> amount of time. So I, I definitely expected a first-round draft pick to be able to compete, to be able to play. This is no longer the time of the Aaron Rodgers sitting for three years behind Brett Favre you know, or a guy waiting three years to develop. I wanted the the Julio Jones, who I saw come in and contribute his first year. I wanted the Kyle Pitts, who I saw contribute the first year. I wanted offensive linemen and defensive linemen who could start making an impact. <clears throat> but um, 
just because I want it doesn't mean it's gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> I the, the trend has been more often than not the top tier first round players are the best of the best of the best in college football. So that means that mm-hmm. they can be able to at least hold their own with grown men five, ten years their senior. And I feel like that if you have the talent, as long as you focus and apply yourself, there are, are so many ways for you to catch up to the speed of the game now than you know 10, 15 years ago. From the training trainers to the supplements to the techniques to the just uh I guess specialized uh uh coaches, you can really be able to make an impact your first year if you put the work in. But a lot of these guys don't understand the jump in work from college to the NFL. There, there is always that guy said, ah, you know what? I'm so gifted. I'm so talented. I'm first round pick. You know, I'll, I'll work. They won't like work. Right. And they'll be very sorely, uh, I guess, uh, reminded that the NFL is a league of its own. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we all continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. And even though it's a new year, remember that Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. And since it's a new year, Bet Online has a new updated desktop and mobile website, which you can use to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use our promo code believe that's B L E A V to get started. So whatever your sport of choice, football, basketball, hockey, UFC, don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers and get in on the action this year. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. So remember guys, bet online where the game starts. Tom Brady is officially hanging it up. And while none of us will ever be able to play quarterback like the GOAT, you can invest like him. That's right. The GOAT invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. But now you can invest like him as well with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investment platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. They're the masters. And these are their works that you can invest in. Art prices actually outpaced the S&P 500 by 164%. I'm going to say that again, 164% from 1992 to 2021. What is that, 29 years by my count? Man, that is the long haul. In fact, early investors already received an internal rate of return of over 30% in 2020 and 2021 from the sale of just two paintings. So Tom Brady may be walking off the field, but this is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the goats. So go to masterworks.art slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. That's masterworks.art slash B-L-E-A-V and see important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. But check out Masterworks, guys, and invest in the Masterworks. Well, I mean, I think I like anybody can really relate to the notion of talent versus work ethic, right? You know, every every one of us have been in elementary school, middle school, high school, whatever level. And you're kind of like, eh, I don't need to do homework. You know, I, I can do that in the morning yep. during home home period. 
And I'm smart enough to know, all right, all my math homework, I can get that done in 15 minutes. That's not that big of a deal, right? But it, it's the constant uh, application of that knowledge. When you get to the NFL, everybody's smart. Everybody knows what they're doing. It's yeah. the guys that continue to work at that craft to say, okay, I'm good, but can I be great? And that's always the biggest question mark when it comes to evaluating players in the draft. And it's why all these red flags, you know, you're already starting to see it. This morning, I saw uh, Kayvon Thibodeau already questions coming out of the Senior Bowl about work ethic. And some of that's bullshit. Like some of that's absolute bullshit. You know, some of that, frankly, is racially motivated. We know as like, can this person play quarterback? Does this person love football? Like how rarely do you see that with a I don't, Joey Bosa. You don't ever see that coming out of, of no. somebody who's a Matt Liner. Rarely. You, you rarely see that. They, they, they don't like football the way that we need them. Jimmy Clausen doesn't love football. You don't see that. So it's, it's always something to be wary of this time of year is the fake kind of notion. But it's a real thing. And it's the reason why teams are concerned because getting somebody in the locker room who is not fully dedicated day in and day out to the job will really impact your team's ability to win. And so that's a real concern they have, which is why news like this spreads like wildfire. But when you're in the locker room, kind of day one, when you guys are all convening for mini camp, training camp, OTAs, all that kind of stuff, how do you suss out who's real, who's genuine, and who's kind of in there bullshitting and maybe doesn't give it their all? Um, you can see a lot, um, by how the guys react, not only on the practice field, but in the meeting room. Um, it's, it's the really, really little things that make a huge difference at the end of the day when players are so close together in, uh, talent and, uh, ability, the guys who sit in the front of the room uh, might get joked on as teacher's pets or whatever, but the guys who go (laughs) to the front of the room, guys who have their pen and paper out, the guys who are not fall asleep. <laughs> That's a, a, a telltale sign when you're actually awake. Uh, you know, the, the guys who are asking questions, uh, the guys who show up there early uh, and leave late, not just on the practice field, but in the meeting room. If you're showing up to the meeting room early, which I used to do because as a fullback, I needed to do everything. And that was a trick that I used to use. My parents taught it to me uh, in high school. Like I, I made that teacher love me so much. It's like, damn. I'm going to give over the benefit of the doubt if, yeah. uh, you know, this is a subjective or objective English or reading or, you know, social studies assignment. And I'm not quite sure what he meant. He's been in to see me every single day uh, of this month. He's been staying after class. He's been asking me questions. He I, I, I want to root for him. I want to see yep. him win. Yep. I had coaches who wanted to see me win. Even though I was a fourth round draft pick, there was, uh, you know, some other free agent uh, fullbacks that, you know, were decent, and I I didn't want it to be close, and I wanted to make sure that with my special teams ability, with my talent, like, they knew that I wanted to get it right, you know, so if I had a mistake, if something went wrong, like, oh, you know that, you asked me 18 different questions about, you know, every scenario, safety blitzes, what I do with this protection, if they shift, what I do with this protection, if they're going to, you know, be, be here in the A-gap and go out, you asked me all the uh, different uh, possibilities that could occur, you know this. Like, why didn't you do that? And I was like, you know, my bad, bad coach. I, whatever. But that is what you really see 
in these young players to make you say, he's going to be around for a while, or he's going to be good. Or, he's somebody that I, I trust to have my back. And unfortunately, it doesn't happen as much as you think it should. That's, But that's such an incredible, like the phrase that you use, give them the benefit of the doubt. I think it, it's something that's applicable to anybody listening to yeah. this podcast right now, right? Yeah. I mean, in my own job, you go into it saying, I want my boss, maybe if I don't accomplish something, they can sit there and say, well, you know, maybe they weren't fully equipped to handle this job. Yeah, Will's a good but, kid. What did I but, do? But wrong? I know that Not they gave them really succeed. Yeah, they gave it their all, right? Yeah. Like they, one day they'll figure it out. And it may not be right now, but this is a learning process for them to eventually reach that goal. And if if you're coming out of training camp, that's the way you want to feel about a player is it may not be right now, but a year from now, they're going to put in the work so that we're not having this same conversation. And that that's what you you go to the senior bowl. That's why the senior bowl is such an effective kind of platform is a lot of these coaches, a lot of the scouts get to go there, talk to these players man to man and and say kind of, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? What do you think about this? I saw you do X. Why didn't you do Z kind of deal and and get their answers, get their feedback. Um, So my last question for you, Ovi, before we get to my conversation with Kevin, who was there at the Senior Bowl and gets to ask all these players these questions. um, What do you remember about your process going into the NFL what kinds of conversations did you have heading into the league that kind of got you prepared for what life is like and were there any surprising uh interactions that you have with players coaches or scouts my NFL process was terrifying uh (laughs) if I allowed myself to be terrified because it was just every single step of the way I felt like this could make or break me like is this going to be the the sentence, the phrase, the word, the answer that seals my fate or, you know, paves my way to glory. Uh, I, I just knew that um, you don't get many second chances to make a first mm-hmm. impression. And all the first impressions from these scouts and these coaches and these position coaches and, uh, and the fans, uh, agents, that it all was leaning towards, he's not that good, not that good. They're trying to, you know, separate the wheat <laughs> from the chaff and, and figure yeah. out, who's worth anything. So I, I try to have my um, my uh, play on the field speak for itself. But the questions, I just, I literally, I told a uh, funny thing. When I was in Phoenix or Scottsdale, I was uh, hanging out with one of my business colleagues and his son is uh, like 13, 14 years old, one of the top 50 hockey prospects uh, in the there league or in, the, in the country. So he was asking me the same exact question. He's a big Ohio State guy. And um <laughs> He was asking me the same question, and I, I told him that I literally had to put on a mask and put on this persona that I was the coolest, calmest, baddest, you know, mofo out there. But at the same time, be, being humble and respectful, but respectfully, I'll kick your ass. Like you know, I, I, I it's I don't know everything. I'm Are you a born in the learn. darkness? You know, yes. Uh, you were merely molded by it. I, I was raised the, in it, molded by it. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm the baddest mofo out there. Uh, even though I felt at times my chest was going to, like, explode. Yeah. I was so nervous. Um, but the process, Senior Bowl, is where I made my name for myself. Uh, I was telling my, my guy that Matt Wilhelm from Ohio State was calling me out, talking trash, and they loved that stuff. They loved that bravado, but somebody who can back it up, too. 
Dudes called me out. I, and I said, after I beat him the first time, I called him out two times in a row, beat him three times in a row. And they were like, all right, this Mahaley's for real. Uh, he didn't want to go against me a fourth time. It was like, he's like, nah, nah, I'm good. Come on, come on, dude, let's go. <laughs> and we were just, it was just such a, oh my gosh, testosterone just everywhere. Yeah. Just alpha males, alpha males. And the combine that, uh, you know, was like, like cattle, you know. And, and the combine's so weird. Huge uh, yep. arena in, in Indianapolis and everybody just looking at you. And, you know, you couldn't mess up. And you're literally in your underwear. Yes, literally in my underwear, and I could not <laughs> drop any pass. I think I dropped maybe one pass when you run straight. You catch the left, catch the right, catch the left, catch like, the right, and you take off. <laughs> and I dropped one, and I had to learn how to let it go because I was just like, fuck! <laughs> yeah, so the broadcast picked that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had to be able to, just like in real football, be able to uh, move on and, and clear. But I guess the coolest part of my the process for me was the fact that I was there because I didn't expect yeah. to be there. I didn't think I belonged there. Uh, at times, I allowed myself to enjoy just uh, like the media part was cool because I had people interviewing me from all over the country, being one of the top fullbacks. But, man, I, I, I knew that getting there was just the first part and it's about staying there. So I didn't allow myself to get too uh, amped up or too overwhelmed about just trying to to make it to NFL. I didn't care if I was drafted fourth round or seventh round. I knew that I wanted to show these dudes that I should be the first round draft pick at fullback because I'm the best fullback in the league. That was it. <laughs> well, I got good news for you, Ovi. It all worked out. It I all know, right? For, for young Ovi. <laughs> That's a cool thing. <laughs> it all worked out in the winding way that I went. It all uh, turned out pretty cool. You made it, man. Um, but now let's go to my conversation with Kevin Knight and uh, and see which guys at the Senior Bowl are going to make it this year. Kevin Knight, the host of the Falcoholic Live. And, you know, if I must say, dude, much better host than I am. Hosting is hard and you make it look so easy. Um, but you have been at the Senior Bowl in the America's greatest city, Mobile, Alabama, all week, uh, all week long. And I know nothing, frankly, about what we're going to talk about, which is really exciting to me because usually I have this whole big outline. I know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to kind of just sit back and I'm going to ask you a lot of questions because yeah, the senior bowl, the beauty about it is you really don't know jack shit unless you unless you're there because it is such a tight knit little group, so much secrecy, so much frankly, bullshit happens at the Pro yeah. Bowl or yeah, a Senior yeah. Bowl. I keep saying Pro Bowl. There's so many bowls. The Meineke Car Care Bowl was this week and Kevin Knight was there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> Kevin, I'm going to let you take it in any direction. Uh, from a Falcons perspective, what do you think is your number one takeaway from the Senior Bowl this year? Yeah, I mean, Jermaine Johnson is a god. Um, there you go. Is my, is my audio recording, by the way? It does It's not like showing up on my uh, thing. Yeah. It's yeah, like, you got it. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to worry about it then. Glossing over it. All right. <laughs> Take two. Here we go. Uh, yeah. No, Jermaine Johnson's a god. Uh, literally the best player in Mobile to the point where I think some people said he was hurt, but honestly, I think he just pulled out of the third day of practices because he was like, I've done everything that I can. <laughs> like, there's nothing more for me to do here. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of just the, the story of the week was that the defense, the defensive line in particular, was just dominating. Um, to the point where like in the early practices, it was actively sort of hurting the quarterbacks because like that it was like, oh, there's a sack. Oh, sacked. Yep. yep <laughs> plays dead. 
yeah, they just didn't even have a chance to throw the ball, um, which is not shocking considering that this, it was a super talented defensive line class. I mean, I think we all knew it. The, the, there were some mm-hmm. quality interior guys there, but it was no competition. I mean, um, I think the tackles held up a little bit better. Um, you know, Trevor Penning was probably the best offensive lineman there. Super yep. impressive dude. Great interview. Um, super smart guy. A lot of fun to talk to. Um, Darian Kennard was the second best, I would say. Um, also played some tackle, played some guard. A lot of debate about where he'll play, but I mean, I think he can play either one. He was a nasty dude. Um, he definitely turned a lot of heads. Um, for more than just his on-field performance, too, if you've seen any videos of his press conference, you know what I'm talking about, but I'll just leave it. I'll leave it there. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> The man is, he's his own man and uh, he has there his own go. opinions and he's not afraid to share them. So, um, you know, to some, to some extent, I respect that. So good for you, Darian. Um, but <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, it was just dominance. I mean, I could list off so many guys. I would say um, King, Kingsley and Igbari, uh from South Carolina, certainly up there with the best guys. Um, he confirmed to me that he has talked with the Falcons. He was, um, or he was going to talk to them today, I believe. Um Obviously, I'm sure there's mutual interest there. Uh, he grew up in Atlanta. He said he would love to come home and play for the, for yeah. the Falcons. Um, and uh, I also had a chance to talk to uh, Darian Kendrick, who hadn't talked to the Falcons yet, but also, I believe, had a meeting planned, who's you know obviously from Georgia. So um, another guy, two guys that um, I talked to that did, con- did have early meetings with the team, which who knows if that's meaningful or not. But um, Daniel Falele and Desmond Ritter were in the first set of interviews for the Falcons. Um, Palele, like when you see someone listed as six eight, you're like, okay, so he's probably like six six. You know, <laughs> gen- people are usually generous with the listed. He yeah. measured in above six eight and like almost three hundred ninety pounds. This dude does not look three like three ninety. He carries it so well. Um, he's well, just. Yeah, he's I six, mean, eight. I'm six one. I'm six one, and I feel like I'm a tiny person uh, compared yeah, to. And you would man, not carry three hundred ninety pounds well. I I would not carry three ninety well. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'd be having a very different podcast. Uh, I probably need at least probably not the here, same but, burst off the line. Yeah, no, my explosiveness would take a big hit. But um, <laughs> he was super nice, um, super humble guy. Um, he talked about wanting to model his game after Jordan Jordan Mailata, um, who was another super big dude. Uh, Mailata, I think, was like a seventh round pick. So I don't even know if he'd played football before um but uh the Lele has played football uh for two years um and you could tell this week that um he's still learning the intricacies of it intricacies of the position mm-hmm. um as a run blocker he was unstoppable i mean he just mowed over people but as a pass blocker there's still some some things he needs to clean up um Majai sanders who is definitely the best pass rusher from the national team um in terms of the edge guys um he put him on his back which was really impressive to me with a spin move. He just got up under his hands, hit him with the spin and, and Philele just kind of fell over. And that was sort of the play of day one. Um, you know, San- so Sanders is another guy that's really impressive. Philele, I thought had an up and down week, but you know what you're getting. You're getting a, a, a unique sort of player. Um, and you know, I, I'm not, it, it was about ex- as expected for him. You know, I was sort of hoping he'd have like this dominant week and end up, you know, talk- being talked about as like a top 15 sort of guy, but Mm-hmm. I think he's still like a an early day two sort of player just because if you can't make a six eight three ninety pound guy a good offensive tackle, then what are you doing like you gotta <laughs> you have to figure this out like it's not that hard. just teach this man to play with a little bit better leverage and you know teach him to to quit, you know fix fix up his footwork a little bit i mean it, he was i thought his footwork was fine. he moves really well for someone that size so um good player there um 
Logan Hall was really impressive. Uh, Travis Jones, the nose tackle from UConn, dominant one on one, as you would expect for a, like a 350 pound nose tackle. Um, yeah, just these poor centers, man. I just felt so <laughs> bad for these guys. Like, well, the, let's let's start let's start yeah. right there though on the on the defensive line, just because like that it seems as though, and you could debate depending on which side of the argument you're on whether or not offensive or defensive line needs to be the the main kind of issue. I personally fall on the defensive line. Uh, I, I think the offensive line, it, it's fine. Like, I, I don't think it's the number one issue on this team. Um, but I'm, I'm open to having that argument because I, like, I think <laughs> a lot of people do see the interior and they saw Matt Ryan continue to get hit. But guys, he's been hit like all of his career. I, I think that Matt Ryan's going to be okay. I'm, I'm worried about the, the defense a little bit more. And it seems like, and you're backing this up, we all know about the top two guys, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, Kevon Thibodeau. So hard to say. It's actually it not not hard, but it's it's yeah. just Thibodeau. It's not a lot of like. Well, you know, you, you get all psyched. You see making. the word, yeah. Exactly. You get all psyched out, and then it just yeah, it doesn't roll off. <laughs> it's the an tongue. easier read yeah. than it is. Yeah, a, yeah. It looks beautiful on, on paper. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. Um, mm-hmm. So those are clearly the top two, and I I feel like they are in a class of their own. But sometimes when we sit here and we talk about depth with the draft, usually it's like second or third round. It's a lot of day two depth. I weirdly feel like there's uh, the top two and then it drops off a cliff, but then there's like round one depth where maybe you're not getting a potentially like 15 to 20 sack guy, but you could be getting an eight to 10 sack guy or that type of player that moves inside, outside, great run defender, just like boosts your overall defensive line as a whole. And that's where I look at guys like DeMarvin Leal. Um, you know, these guys who can move inside out. I think Trayvon Walker has some of that to him now with the Falcons, particularly maybe not so much because they do tend to maybe want those bigger ends who could play that five technique in kind of a three, a three, four, um, or, right. or a three technique a little bit, uh, like Drake Jackson. I kind of would look at him at, in kind of that role, but mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the the defensive line and and more specifically just kind of what you saw from them because under Thomas Dimitrov, uh, Dimitrov, sorry, sorry Thomas, Dimitrov. not that you listen to the, yeah. this podcast, but there's no <laughs> there's no me in, in Dimitrov is what he would always yep. say. Sorry Thomas, <laughs> um, but you know they like to scout the Senior Bowl. Do you have to assume that the group of guys that you watched in person? couple of them maybe on the Falcons this time next year. It would be awesome if the defensive line was part of that group that they they pick. So sounds like they had a great week. What do you see from those guys? Yeah, I mean, to me, like I, I'm ready to just to mock Jermaine Johnson at eight. And I'll probably do that next week, to be honest with you. Um, eight. eight is high, yes. I feel like. I know. But um, the thing about Jermaine Johnson is I was already like, I thought a little bit higher than consensus. Like I was going to have him as my, you know, I was. I was already flirting with putting him above a Jabo at edge four. Um, just because I've of, got him at five and, right now, but a, I'm not yeah. high on a Jabo. Just spoiler. Yeah, that's alert. the thing. And I, I do my board differently than a lot of scouts because I scout specifically for the Falcons and what they need. So yep. for the Falcons, I, I wait with, especially with that first round edge guy, they need a guy that's going to come in and, and be a day one starter. Um, and a Jabo, as special as he is athletically, I don't think he's that much more special that you pass up on a ready-made eight to ten plus sack guy in Jermaine Johnson, who, in my opinion, is one of the smartest 
most technically sound um, guys in the whole draft. Like uh, in the four or five games I watched of Johnson, I like almost never saw him fall for play action. Um, this dude is super smart. Every game I watched as the season went on, he got better. He looked faster. He looked more explosive. And it culminated this week. He looked faster than I'd ever seen on tape. Um, wow. He looked more explosive. He looked more confident. And I think it makes sense because this guy literally never played an FSU's defense before this year. Got there, immediately was a starter, and then got better and better as the year went on. And I think it, it continued this week. Um, and I think you're looking at, a, a you know, someone asked me, you know, oh, I, you know, Brian Burns is the last guy I remember from FSU. And like, they're not that dissimilar, to be honest. I, I like, literally have in my yeah. notes reminiscent of a Dante Fowler or a Brian Burns. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he's and that it's type the same of player. Thing. Yeah. yeah. And I think Johnson's better against the run. Um, you know, I, I think agree. Brian Burns was a better pass rusher. Uh, Brian Burns' bend was really special. Um, so, so I don't oh think. Oh my God, yeah. Kevin, you and I are right yeah. on the same page. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't think Johnson's bend is that special. It's very good. It's he's certainly got great not, lateral agility, yes, though. Yes, it's it's certainly not something that he's going to have. He can corner. He can get to the quarterback. That's not a problem. It's just Brian Burns was a freak of nature with his bend. I mean, he was absurdly <laughs> yeah. good. Um, but I think Jermaine Johnson has a stouter build, and I think Jermaine Johnson is more polished right now. To be honest with you, um, especially as a run defender, and he is so smart. He's always in the right place, um, and he triggers yep. so fast uh, when he sees a play. He knows exactly where he's supposed to be and he hits it so fast. So I, I, to me, that's why I'm even considering him over Karloftis right now because not because Karloftis isn't good, um, but because I don't know really how interested the Falcons would be in someone like Karloftis because I, I, I like Karloftis for what he is, but yeah. Are you really standing him up and rushing him a lot? I mean, he can stand up, but like, is that where he's best? Like, I feel like he's a five tech, you know, like he's a guy that, Mm -hmm. You're going to you're going to want to play inside some you're going to want to put a five tech and, you know, he can stand up and rush sometimes. But like, is is that his best play? I don't think so. And like for the Falcons, Jermaine Johnson is exactly the guy that Dean Pease would want for for a, a stand up edge rusher who can put his hand in the dirt. He can rush inside. He can do all, all the crazy stuff Dean Pease loves. You can line him up basically anywhere and have him rush. He can play all three downs today. He's ready to go. He can. I think he's an eight to ten sack rookie. I mean, I think he's that impactful as a rookie. And. To me, that's more important than chasing ceiling. Um, as much as I think Ajabo's burst is truly special, um, I think I've been burned enough times on these toolsy edge rushers early that I I think it's just time for me to be like, look, I'll take the guy that's an eight to ten sack guy that I know <laughs> is going to get me eight to ten sacks. Um, and you can chase the ceiling with some positions like quarterback, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, but for the Falcons, they need that guy to come in right now and be that stalwart edge one. Maybe he's not going to be Miles Garrett. Maybe he's not going to be Von Prime Von Miller. But if he gets look, the Falcons would settle easily for a guy to get some twelve sacks a year for the next ten years. Like that dude, would be the dude, best pass rusher dude. this team has had in an eternity. So, dude, the Falcons would settle for a guy that gets them seven <laughs> sacks a year. That would be the best pass rusher by a by a mile. <laughs> like what what so, are we talking about here? <laughs> I think and like I I'm like ninety five percent certain that Jermaine Johnson is at least a seven sack a year guy. Um, he looks so, like it. Yeah, he's just such a safe player. And he had just this week, people are like, oh, well, you're just recency biased and all this. Like, no, I did a full write-up on Johnson before the Senior Bowl. I watched five games of Johnson's tape. I love Johnson. I was like, okay, I don't know. Like, is his burst that special? Is his, you know, how good is he as a run defender? And, you know, all this stuff. And he looked better than he was on tape live. Yeah. Like, he looked way more explosive, way faster. He just looked better. Like, he had improved. Um, So to me, it's like, 
that that answers some questions that I had. And and to people that you know are are new scouts or guys that are working on this, like the Senior Bowl shouldn't be where you go to learn about the player initially. It should no. be where you get questions answered. Um, and it's, it's like a follow up appointment. Burst, yeah, exactly. So it's like how bursty is he? Is his burst good enough to be a first round guy, or is he more of like a day two guy that's going to be good but not great? Sort of how I feel about like a Kingsley and Igbari, who also had a great week, but like, yep, he's not this first round special, you know, guy. If you don't mind, let me take one quick second to tell you guys about a uh, new partner we have here on this podcast, and that is NordVPN. Now, for those of you who don't know exactly what a VPN is, it's a virtual private network. And, you know, the cool thing about these networks is that they really can hide your IP address and with that, all of your information that somebody might be able to access online through, you know, backdoor Wi-Fi's or public Wi-Fi's or things like that. And so what NordVPN will uh, offer you is the ability to really browse in secrecy, in private, truly be private and keep everything safe. On top of that, you can change your IP location to match pretty much anywhere in the world that you want to be. What this opens up to you is streaming of, let's say, the Great British Bake Off. Man, Love the holiday time. Love watching, uh, you know, Paul Hollywood give out those handshakes. See, uh, see what Prue thinks of of the uh, bake. Is it crisp? You know, but I don't want to wait two days to to see the newest episode of Great British Bake Off. With NordVPN, I could see it live when it airs on Wednesdays in the UK. That is the power of this. And unlike other VPNs that will slow down your internet, NordVPN keeps everything running, baby. It is all smooth. So. Definitely check out NordVPN, guys, because you are not going to want to miss this. It is secure browsing. It stays fast. Um, so grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe. That is B-L-E-A-V. Once again, B-L-E-A-V. Or use the code believe, same spelling, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guaranteed. So guys, what are you waiting for? Check it out, NordVPN. So you and I have talked offline about just kind of draft, because you're the Falcoholics, like, go-to, go-to draft I, guy. I will accept you, the title, yes, I will. You, yeah. you watch the tape, which <laughs> which I try to watch the tape as well. You know, you're, you you get a lot of people out there who who don't watch tape, who read a lot of stuff to their credit. But yeah, that's fine. you regurgitate a, a lot of stuff. But, you, you know, I... I try to not read anything and I try to watch as much tape as I can and kind of read as I go, almost like it's a spoiler alert and then kind of make my own opinion of the players and then read and see how everything matches up. So you and I have not talked about this at all, but just to let you know, the way that I do it is I separate it into two categories, guys I like, guys I don't like. And I, you know, I kind of watch in the order in which they're ranked but I don't judge it in that order. So like I mentioned earlier, I've got Jermaine Johnson number five and Cameron Thomas is my number four. I want to talk about him briefly right after I finish this point. Um, DeMarvin Leal is my number six, but the guys that you've just mentioned are not in the list of guys that I like. Kingsley Anigbare, David Ajabo, and Arnold Ebiketi are all three guys in my players I do not like list. That doesn't mean that like I don't think they're going to be good players. 
It just kind of means that for the value that they're going at right now, as high as they're going in that first round, I don't love it. You know, I, I, I just kind of feel like there's maybe a little bit more there. And the Falcons are at eight. They may not even go pass rusher at eight because it seems like there's a lot of other, you know, offensive line could maybe be on the table at eight. A lot of good offensive linemen in this draft. But I would almost be really in favor of them moving back if they're really targeting a, a pass rusher or a defensive lineman because it seems like that cliff drops off, but then there's a lot of really good guys kind of right in that maybe four to nine range that yeah. could all come in and impact the team right away. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a clear tier where you've got Thibodeau and Hutchinson as the top five. Like, they're top five talents at Ed Rusher. They're, they're very yep. special players. 100%. Um, and, you know, those are the guys you'd love to get at eight, but those guys rarely last that long. Um, <laughs> Trade up. You know, yeah, right. Go get him. Falcons are trading <laughs> up for Clowney. Him, Dave Choate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Dave Choate, by the way. Uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> it's uh, the one guy that I everyone should keep in mind and cross their fingers for is Kyle Hamilton, because that dude is is the Kyle Pitts of this draft. He 18. is the best yep. player, but he's at a position that's traditionally undervalued. And you want him to be the Derwin James of this draft. Yes, I, he's better than Derwin James. <laughs> <laughs> right, but Derwin James yes. dropped well, down to, yes, exactly. to what eleven. So like, yes, Derwin James drops into dropped into the teens. I don't think Kyle Hamilton's dropping into the teams, but eight 13? is possible. Oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, eight is possible. So if he's there, you you, I don't even know if you consider trade down. To be honest <laughs> with you, um, so that's that's the guy you should all hope and pray for because he's the type of guy that completely changes your defense. Um, he's a special dude. I don't care that he plays safety. He could play edge for all I care. He's good enough. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Rush well, him. You get a guy you know, like that. He's, he's yeah. a Cordero Patterson on defense. Yes. Yes. Is so the best way to look at it. He's a matchup it. dude. He, yep. He's a neutralizer. He's, he's, I was in love with Isaiah Simmons and he is. I was too. He's was better too. than Isaiah Simmons. Yep. Um, so, you know, that I always, I'm always a sucker for that type of player. And, um, you know, I think how the Cardinals are using Simmons is criminal, but, you know, I'm hoping <laughs> that the Falcons will do a better job if they get Hamilton. Um, and the need at safety, it's not insignificant. I mean, I don't think it's like desperate. You know, I think you're going to have Richie Grant, you're going to have Jalen Hawkins, and you're going to have a good safety duo. But also, I think Kyle Hamilton is just, it doesn't matter who you have at safety. You make room for Kyle Hamilton. So, um, other than Hamilton, though, uh, you know, I do think a trade down is a great idea. I think they should consider it. I think they were considering it last year. Um, I think mm-hmm. they were seriously considering it. I think they had offers. They just weren't good enough. Um, and, uh, you know, I, to me, my top two choices obviously would be offensive tackle or edge. Um, and it depends on the players there. Um, you know, I think if, if Evan Neal or a Kevin from NC state are there, those are two guys that are slam dunks. Um, yep. you know, both of those guys can come in and play right tackle, um, for, for their rookie contract probably. And then you consider doing sort of an Orlando Brown thing where you sort of switch them to left tackle when you, when you give them a new contract. And, you know, by that time, Jake Matthews is probably riding off into the sunset then you got your left tackle, I think, as well. Um, you know, both Charles Cross is really good too. You know, I don't, I don't know if Arthur Smith will prioritize someone like Cross, who is the best pass blocker in the draft for sure. Um, he's not a special run blocker; he's a fine run blocker. But um, you know, I think Arthur Smith wants this team to be more run heavy, more physical. So it's not that Cross is deficient in that he he's sort of like Jake Matthews, honestly, like yeah. not a mauling run blocker. 
a technically sound one, a guy that's going to be able to kick out and hit those reach blocks and hit the second level, but he's never going to be a people mover up front. Um, and I just don't know if Arthur Smith is trying to move things more towards the, the road grader style or if he's okay with, with someone like Cross. But those three would be the top guys there. Um, Trevor Penning has made a name for himself after this week, for sure. You know, he's always sort of been the OT5, in my opinion, but um, or OT4, I guess what it would be. Um, and, uh, he's very good. You know, I, I think eight is probably a little early for that, but, um, you know, we'll see. And then at edge, like I said, I think Jermaine Johnson may even creep up to three for me. Um, I think Karloftis is certainly worthy of the selection. I don't know if he's a great fit for the Falcons specifically. And then Ajabo, right. you know, if they trade down to like 20 and Ajabo's still there, then yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. He's not going yeah. to be, but like, yes. Um, and you know, Trayvon Walker's in that conversation too of those sort of inside outside guys. And I, I loved Marvin Leal. I think he's a dude that, um, I did too. you know, I think his production wasn't quite as good as some people were hoping, but I think he's a great player. Um, and I think him and Grady would just be so nasty. Uh, that's just not fair. Um, you know, you, you take, you put, uh, Grady and DeMarvin Leal, and then you take Trevor, Trevor Jones and, or, uh, you take Jones in the second, the nose tackle. Um, and you just destroy people. With hey, that, don't with short shrift guys. my guy, uh, Marlon Davidson. <laughs> hey, don't I love that. Marlon Davidson. He's not playing nose tackle, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no. But, no. Uh, not, yeah, not, yeah. Not in that case. But I, you know, nose tackles, they, they're like fullbacks. You can get them for cheap now. You uh, can. Anthony Rush, you know, Anthony Rush Hive. Let's go. Exactly. But, Anthony Rush. Um, yeah. So that that's where I'm leaning with those picks. But I think. If they do stay at eight and they can't trade down and, you know, say their top guys at edge are gone, the top offensive tackles are gone. Kyle Hamilton's gone. RIP to that dream. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's impossible that it's a corner. I think yeah. Andrew Booth is my cornerback one um, and Sauce is my cornerback two. And I think one of those guys will be there. I think they're both top 10 picks. I'm not in on Derek Stingley. Um, if you haven't okay. had good tape in two years, I can't do it. I'm sorry. Um you know, sorry, sorry to Stingley stands, but um, that that guy <laughs> hasn't put good tape out in two years. Um, now, the tape he had in his freshman season was legendary. Um, so if you want to bet on that upside later in the first round, I will. I don't blame you. I don't blame you for chasing that. But um, I can't I can't do it. What, I mean, does it make you feel any better that he would be coming in as a number two immediately and not yes, like that does help. not the yeah. number one? It does help. It does help. Um, I think so. I, he could easily be the first corner off the board just because teams are that enamored with the upside. But uh, is he that much better than Andrew Booth? Is he that much better than uh, Sauce Gardner? I don't think so. You, you know, I think his yeah. ceiling is higher. But is it that much higher that I would be willing to roll the dice? No. Um, but again, I think Booth or, or Sauce are certainly worthy picks in the top 10. And we need to talk about Malik Willis um, because yeah, he, let's talk. I let's think, talk quarterbacks. Yeah. Let's go to the offensive side of the ball right now because we, you know, we talked a lot about defense, and I kind of, I really do think that's probably where the Falcons go today. That's where is, they're preferring on the I would defensive think. side of the ball. Whether like to be frank, if they take the top, their believed top corner at number eight, I'm gonna talk myself into it. In fact, I'm already oh, yeah. kind of. Talking, uh, thinking about a uh, a podcast with Ovi later about kind of what would be the picks at number eight we would talk ourselves most into, and I kind of feel like if somebody if they took a corner, I'd be like, all right, fuck yeah, let's just like yeah. have a lockdown secondary, like let's just yes. do that. That's, that the, would that's be your fun. identity. Yep, exactly. Identity, right. Yeah. Let's so. just go shut down all the other receivers and and win Super Bowls. But let's say they don't go defense at number eight and they go offense. 
what did you see, especially out of the quarterbacks? Because all the all the big name quarterbacks were were there at the Senior Bowl um, for you to look at, and then wide receivers and running back. We've got a uh, Georgia fans are not going to like the uh, standout running back from uh, the yeah. Senior Bowl. Well, James but... Cook pulled out, so I I can't do exactly. anything about that. You know, I exactly. didn't get to see James Cook. I was very disappointed. Um, well, he's, but, he's winning uh, championships, you know. Yeah, he's too he's too busy for this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, can't come play with the peons here. Name, name know, the last time Tom Brady right. played in Pro Bowl, Kevin. Yep, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, everyone knows I'm a big Desmond Ritter fan. I don't think his stock improved this week. Um, I think he was basically what he was. Uh, he's he's inconsistent with his accuracy. When he hits it, it's special. Like he he can hit crazy throws. He's a great arm talent. He showed off his dual threat ability. He's got the build that you look for. Uh, he's got the tools. So if someone like Ritter's there in the second, I absolutely take a shot because I, and I'll, I'll the same thing with Malik Willis and Malik Willis, they would have to take it eight and he might not even be there to be honest with you. Um, that's how impressed people were with him this week. Um, but we'll get to that. So like with Ritter, you know, he didn't have a great week, but I think, um, he's a ceiling guy and the Falcons, the Falcons need to chase a ceiling guy. Um, they have Matt Ryan. They don't need a floor quarterback. They've got, average or better quarterback play for three to four years they could ride ride matt ryan till his arm falls off and have league average quarterback play at worst um so they don't need a floor starter they need to chase upside um and if they if they want to chase that on day two with desmond ritter i'm all in i'm fine with that you know give him a year or two behind ryan see what you got if you don't like it you move on you know it's it's just like any other second round pick you know the, the hit rate is not that great for any position so give it a shot you know see what you got but malik willis it's no secret. Um, it was sort of like the scuttlebutt while we were there. The Steelers are obsessed with Millie Willis. Um, and the Steelers are notorious for being really bad at hiding what they want. So I think it's totally <laughs> legit that, that they're all in on Malik Willis. Um, it was the same thing with Najee Harris last year, uh, the year before. I can't remember who it was that they were all in on, but they're just really bad at, at keeping that a secret. Um, and, you know, uh, somebody I was hanging out with, one of his friends is a Steelers scout, and he was like, yeah, it's true. So it was just like, you know, okay, uh-huh. um, yeah. it, it's true. It's legit. Um, but, you know, he's he's really good. Um, he I think everyone was expecting someone like Willis, who's playing at Liberty in an offense that doesn't even remotely resemble anything he's going to do in the NFL, coming into an all star game with a bunch of receivers he's never played with at a higher level of competition was going to struggle. And he had the best week of any quarterback. He looked better than Kenny Pickett, who I think everyone assumed would just have a great week because he's so pro ready. Um, and Willis outshined Pickett. He outshined everyone. Um, and it was mostly as a passer, to be honest. Like he had some great scrambles, but you could tell he was coached to 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 put the ball out there. And I think Willis, more than anyone else, was willing to throw it deep. A lot of guys were afraid to check it out there because they don't want to get an overthrow or a duck on tape, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and Willis was was willing to let it fly, and he had some some nice deep passes. He was really in control, really comfortable. And honestly, the biggest thing that I heard was that he was crushing the interviews, that teams loved him. Um, he's really smart. He's really personable. He's a leader and, and teams are, are sold on him. Um, so it's not it's it's there's a possibility where he's already gone by the time the Falcons are on the clock at eight. But if the fact I, really? I didn't actually get a chance. Yes. Top um, eight. OK, I, I believe he will be quarterback one for most people after this week, at least okay. at least a lot of people. Um, and it's not really that Kenny Pickett had a bad week, but you know what you're getting in Pickett, and it's it's a good quarterback. Well, and we always see Malik this Will- every yes. year where where teams yes. like quarterbacks just 
of any position, oh, yeah. they fly yeah. up the draft board. Yeah. 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 Kenny Pickett, I think, is a good quarterback. The hand I'm told the hand size concerns are legit. Um people Joe Burrow, I mean, to- proving that out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, and and I don't necessarily like agree with all the hand size stuff. I think it's yeah. kind of silly. Was well, as, um, as team but, like small hand gang over here. Yes, uh, you know, exactly. you gotta rep um, the small small hand guys. You might have thought I was a man with small hands. Well, look. Um, but uh i mean pickett was fine he he had a solid week but i think the difference with pickett compared to someone like malik willis is you're getting a good quarterback in pickett malik willis is getting you a potentially elite quarterback and for the falcons that's i wouldn't waste my time with pickett because is he gonna be better than matt ryan over the next three to four years i don't think so um now obviously he's gonna have a much longer rest of his career than matt ryan so you there's something (laughs) to be said about that but um, I think Malik but, uh, but, Willis is. Yeah, yeah. yeah go ahead. Yeah, yeah. If you, is there I mean, is I, there a quarterback that would be better than Matt Ryan over the like? Sure, they may be different. <laughs> Malik Willis may be more dangerous quarterback than Matt Ryan, but you know that's that's where I would wonder about. Yeah, that like that type of quarterback because would you have to totally change the offense around them like you have done with a Lamar Jackson, which isn't to say it can't be done. But you would then have to look at the coach they brought in, the type of offense they want to run. Like, thinking about the Falcons, does Malik Willis fit kind of what they're trying to build? I think so. Honestly, in my opinion, I think Arthur Smith would like to go to closer to what he was doing with Ryan Tannehill, who is a very mobile guy. People forget this. He was a great athlete. Um, Ryan Tannehill was sort of a dual threat coming out of college. He's very athletic. Yeah, former Um, wide receiver, right? At, yes. at Texas A&M. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think that's what Arthur Smith would like to do long term. I don't think he's going to bend over backwards just to, to get a, a mobile quarterback. But if there's one he likes, that's why mm-hmm. I think they're so interested in Ritter because Ritter. You know, I, I was told I was talking to Kent LaPlatt from, uh, Matt, you know, Math Bomb on Twitter. He runs relative athletic scores. He told me mm-hmm. he thought Ritter would have the highest RAS of any quarterback, like even better than Malik Willis. He thinks Ritter's a really special athlete. Um and I, I, you know, Ritter's also got much better size, so that helps your RAS too, um, if you know how RAS <laughs> works. So, um, you know, Ritter's like legit 6'3", 215, and, and Malik Willis is like six foot two ten, soaking wet. So he's a smaller guy. I don't think his height is a concern in any way or anything like that. But um, Not anymore. But that's why, for, yeah, for me, it's, it's, I would go after Malik Willis at eight if they're in love with him. I have no idea if they are, to be honest. I thought that they wouldn't be, so I skipped Malik Willis's interview um, and was wa- and was talking to other guys. And then Malik Willis had like the best week, and I was like, "Oh, I'm a dumbass." Um, but you know, it, it happens. It happens to the best of us. Um, so I didn't actually hear whether Willis talked with the Falcons or not. I'd be shocked if he didn't. Um, I know yeah. for a fact the Falcons met with Ritter on the first possible day. I don't know if that means anything, but um, you know, so I think those two guys are sort of who they they have circled. We do know that Luke Fickle, the Cincinnati head coach, was there. And Arthur Smith talked to him for like half an hour on the sideline. Um, now, that could be about Sauce. It could be about Ritter. It could be about Alex Pierce, Kobe <laughs> Bryant. It, who knows? It could be about, it's probably a little bit of all of these guys. You know, Majai Sanders. There was like six Cincinnati players at the Senior Bowl. So um, I think he's a huge you know, Book of Boba Fett fan. And they were probably yes, maybe catching up on, on the latest episode. Maybe that's it. It could be. Maybe Luke Fickle's just a fun guy to talk to. I don't know. But yeah. Um, so I think there's some smoke there with Ritter. I, I definitely think they'll be interested in Willis. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I Do I think it's particularly likely they take a quarterback at eight? No. Yeah. Personally, because I think Willis 
there's a chance he's already gone. Um, and I think if the Falcons make it too known that they're interested in Willis, someone will trade in front of them to get him or the Giants will just take him at seven. Um, you know, even though they've, you know, famously committed to Daniel Jones. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I could see the Falcons, though. I could see Terry like almost playing this a little bit like, because yes. Yes. clearly the pocket, the bubble for quarterbacks has shifted from where it was last year, where it was clear. It was like one, two, three. We're going to be quarterbacks yes. um, this year. Who knows where that run is maybe going to start. If it gets back to eight, I could certainly see Atlanta starting to kind of raise up the beacon even beforehand. If, if it kind of gets back to them that, hey, the guys in front of you, like they're not really thinking quarterback. Then maybe you start banging the drum yep. a little bit and say, hey, Matt Ryan, you know, we're, we're not sold on him. We love Malik Willis. <laughs> yes, yeah, somebody they, they like, like Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, if they yep. can move all the way up, get their guy, you trade back a little bit pick up a lot of picks i mean makes makes sense let's say yes. that is maybe their approach not the trade back part but just they're not sold on a quarterback in the first round and they want to go skill position um you know maybe not at eight but somewhere in the first round who were the skill guys that stood out to you on offense at the senior bowl yeah there were a couple that were impressive you know i don't know that Jahan dotson the penn state wide receiver i didn't see mm-hmm. him there so i assume he pulled out um he was someone I was like, oh, this dude's going to run away with the combine because he was like, a leg- he's a legit first rounder. Um, he wasn't there, sadly. Nope. Um, yep, he was not. But um, yeah, so in terms of like first round guys, there weren't really any first round weapons there, in my opinion. Um, but I think there's a lot of quality day two guys that were there. Um, you know, I think Boise State's Khalil Shakir, particularly on the last day, really separated himself. I mean, the quarterbacks were just like every play. It was, you know, seven on seven, 11 on 11. It was like, we're throwing a Khalil. Because that dude was just making circus <laughs> catches. He was getting open in the end zone. He was beating guys deep. Um, I think he worked his way into day two, for sure. Um, he He's a guy that uh, is just a really good all-around player. Great hands, physical. Um, Christian Watson from North Dakota State. I had not watched his tape at all. There was a lot of Christian Watson fans in attendance. Um, and I get it. He's huge. Like He's legit 6'5". <laughs> he was like the biggest. He was bigger than Trey McBride, the tight end. He made Trey McBride look like a little man. Oh, wow. Um, and Watson was literally so fast that every single quarterback underthrew him on every rep. It didn't matter. Like even after they'd thrown it to him like three times, they'd still underthrow him. Um, Noodle arms left and right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's probably <laughs> that, that's the secret. They all just bad. No. Um, but yeah, it's like uh, Christian Watson was also a really, yeah. really great player this week. And I think he's worked his way into day two as well. Um, I saw you tweet like about big, Calvin Austin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, my son. Yeah, um, <laughs> he had a great week. Yeah. I was telling people there, you know, I said like three, I told like three different people that, oh yeah, this guy's my son or this other player's my son. And then eventually they're like, isn't that other guy your son? I was, I got a lot of sons, you know? Um, but you know, uh, it's, uh, Calvin Austin was awesome. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm catching Philip Rivers here soon, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, Calvin Austin's awesome. Um, you know, he was sort of like an early day three guy before this week. And I, Honestly, of all of the receivers I've watched so far, I've only watched like 10, so I haven't seen like a ton of them. I just sort of like watched like a game or two of a lot of guys going into the senior bowl. But um, yeah, Austin was like maybe the most fun to watch um, of all of them. He's a spark plug. Um, just great after the catch. Great deep threat. Runs Memphis, really good. Routes. Memphis has the like we got to start yeah. just checking out their program. I got to start yes. watching them during college football guys. season. Antonio yeah. Gibson. I mean, mm-hmm. like these guys just coming out of Memphis left and right. Oh, yeah. Are yeah, yeah. Crushing it. 
Yeah. So he he put on a clinic as a route runner this week. He was dusting guys. He was doing double moves. He was catching screens and juking dudes. They had him returning punts. Um, I mean, he measured in really well. Uh, it was rumored that he was going to measure in at like 5'6", 160, which that's like borderline undraftable sort of size. Like it's really rare to see that. You know, Tutu Atwell is the only guy I could think of that weighed in less than that's that small uh, yeah. and has been drafted. Yeah. Um, but he measured in at f- over five, seven and in the one seventies. And that's, that's a totally different story. That's like, that's small, but that's not like unheard of small. Um, yeah. but he doesn't look small. He looks like a, like a running back. He looks thick. Um, and it's, you know, he's a shorter stature guy, but, um, it didn't matter. You know, he was, he gets separation. It doesn't matter how small you are. If you get separation, you know, Julian Elman and these little slot guys like Hunter Renfro, they've, they've shown like, it doesn't matter you can be a good red zone threat without being big if you're good at separating. And he was the best separator. Oh, absolutely. Um, at, at, and I think he can do a little bit of everything for you, which I think is is why he wouldn't be like the first receiver I'd take for the Falcons. But if they want to double dip at receiver, and I think this is a good class to do that, you know, you take a, a guy at the top of the second, potentially like a George Pickens, like a David Bell, one of these sort of potential number one receivers. Um, and then you take a compliment like a Calvin Austin, who's going to be, your short yardage safety valve. He's going to be your deep threat. He's going to be your guy that can line up anywhere and do anything for you. Um, you know, God forbid they can't keep Cordell Patterson. He can be that type of player for you. I think he could potentially, you know, learn to play running back and do that stuff too. So um, I love Calvin Austin. I think for, I can't remember which team he was. I think he was on the Nash. I, I'm getting the names confused, but <laughs> he was the best on that team. And I think Christian Watson and, uh, Khalil Shakir sort of duped it out for the best on the other one. But um, those guys were really good. Alec Pierce of Cincinnati was someone I wanted to see more of. He didn't get targeted a lot, which was weird to me. Um, He was open. Um, He did have a couple nice catches. I think he got hurt because he wasn't there on the third day of practice. So um, didn't get to see as much of him as I wanted, but he's someone I like too. And then at running back, um, two guys I haven't really watched at all. Uh, Arizona State's Rashad White was awesome. explosive really smart really patient runner it was funny because like day one he was just like breaking off long runs like just just blasting people with his speed day three he was just following blocks and just like cruising into the end zone untouched like he was just he showed (laughs) off the whole skill set um and so i think that's a dude that could be a day there's so many of these dudes on day three that are sort of in this clump and i think rashad white is one guy that's really is going to be standing out um the other guy was florida's uh Damian Pierce, uh, who was probably the best running back there overall. Rashad White was really giving him a run for his money, but um, Damian Pierce was awesome. Just just great run after great run, soft hands. Um, he never got thrown the ball deep at, at Florida, and they kept having this man like run deep routes. He was beating <laughs> everyone in coverage, but you could tell like he's never like caught the ball deep. So like the ball tracking isn't exactly there yet. He that's still, that's what they want to do. Yeah. They want to see, hey, can you do this? Yeah. You know, we've never so, seen you do it before, can you? Yeah. Yeah, and like he was getting open. He just wasn't necessarily bringing in all the deep throws, but I, I don't think it's like a hands <laughs> issue. He was catching everything. Yeah, quarterback's the issue. They're under throwing all the balls. Well, that's intense. That's probably you know, that, good. <laughs> you caught the subtweet there. Good. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I have no concerns about him being able to do that. It's just uh, you could tell that he was he's I think he's taken less than 400 touches in his entire oh, yeah. I was looking it up before um, we we talked. It was like 260 carries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was barely used Um, and it's criminal because he I think he could have been like a second, like a day two guy if he was used correctly as the upside there. 
Yes, yes. So I, I would definitely target him. Um, him and Rashad White were really impressive. Somehow, Alabama's Brian Robinson was named like the most valuable running back, which <laughs> I know there's some people that really like Robinson. Um, he had some great reps as a pass blocker. That was probably what people saw that that made him, you know, he was still line dudes as a pass blocker, which you should when you're like 6'2", 230. Yeah. Um, That's how but, Andrew Wiggins gets into the NBA uh, all-star game. Exactly. <laughs> um, to, to be honest, I was not impressed with him as a runner. I think he's, I think he's a guy. He's a volume runner. He's a physical dude. He's big, but he's not special in my opinion. Um, so I know there's a lot of Brian Robinson fans that I'm probably breaking their hearts, but I didn't. I didn't see a special runner. Um, I saw sort of just a, a day three guy. That's someone you want on your roster. That you want to pass block. That's going to be a good special teamer, but. Is he a difference maker? Is he like a running back one or two in a committee? I don't think so. Um, so sorry to crush Brian Robinson lover's dreams. Um, I'm just not a huge <laughs> fan. Still a good player. Obviously had a great year this this season with Alabama. Um, but he's one of those guys that's like you put him behind a good offensive line, he can get you production. You know, he's gonna he's sort of like a I think um one of the NBC sports guys compared him to Jordan Howard. And I kind of like that. It's like if you have a good offensive line in front of him, he's gonna be productive for you. But He's not necessarily going to just make it work on his own. He's not really going to be a special guy. That's sort of how I feel about him. Um, but yeah, I mean, the talent was there. Running back, it was it was a good class. Receiver was a good class. Tight end is the only one I guess we haven't touched on. Um, there, it was a good class there. Um, Trey McBride is still my tight end one. Um, he got targeted a lot. He caught a lot of balls. Uh, he was a little bit smaller than expected. I think he was like 6'3". Um, so that was a little bit interesting he certainly didn't have any trouble you know making contested catches or anything like that but <laughs> i thought he was six five so it was a little bit interesting when you see him lined up next to some of these like legit six five guys like christian watson um you're like oh okay he's not six five but um a couple other guys greg dulcich from ucla the tight end i had not even heard of him um he was good uh he was catching deep bombs from malik willis all day, like on several Dude, occasions tight end like tight end is a weird because it's so yeah. much about usage like so yeah. much is about what the offense in college asks of the tight end and projects, which is why you see all these Iowa tight ends go <laughs> yeah. there. And yeah. NFL teams love the fact that they already know how to block. So it's like, cool. We assume you know how to catch a football that's thrown your way, but yeah. we may not know if you know how to block, but we do know if you're coming out of Iowa. And that's why all these guys yeah. turn out to be amazing receivers and also great blockers because they yeah. come from that program. So yeah, I mean, you're right. College is uh, like so much about the tight end. It's a mystery kind of coming out of college because it depends a lot on on how they use them. Um, but let's assume that number eight is not a tight end, given the fact that uh, number four last year was. But real quick, before we get out of here, before I let you go, what's your gut feeling right now? I know you're coming off a senior bowl, so you don't even necessarily have to name anybody that was at the senior bowl. Gut feeling right now, number eight, what are you thinking that the Falcons do? Um, it's tough. I mean, right now my gut so much feeling can change, is like, right? Yeah, it it is. It's it's like it because it's so at eight at four it's easy because it's like well we know who the first three picks are going to be so we could just right. you know sort of pick from who we think is going to be there at eight. It, there's so much that could change. Um, I mean, right now my personal opinion is I would I would just take Jermaine Johnson to be honest with you. Um, okay, that's, that's I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not yeah. I'm not upset at that. That's where I'm leaning. Um, he was that impressive, and I already liked him. And um, this was just all I needed to see, basically, to be like, okay, I'm gonna start putting him in my mocks at eight. Um, I think an offensive lineman is also very much on the tail, but I think it would be a tackle. 
Um, I think for better or worse, they're going to either they'll either sign an interior guy and they, they need to sign somebody, you know, who knows if it'll be someone that's going to really challenge or if it's going to be sort of a, a depth guy, but they need to sign somebody on the interior. But I don't think, I don't think they're necessarily going to draft any more guys in the interior just because they've drafted so many, like at a certain point, you got to make somebody work. You know, you got you, one of these guys needs to hit like, yeah, um, I mean, I, I like Tyler Linderbaum would be maybe the only yes. guy that I would look up. At, he's really at, good at eight, yep. but, but only because like, I, I think he's a Chris Lindstrom type of guy where mm-hmm. if you maybe just grab him it's like hey we know at minimum this guy is going to be league average and we just kind of need that right in the interior but his ceiling is way way higher and he could oh, be yeah. The, yeah. one of the best awesome. centers in the nfl like yeah so yeah yeah i like Kenyon green a lot too but again it's just like it's hard to see them spending a premium pick on the interior when yeah. i think you know, and Dave Choate's been on this a lot is that he thinks that they're not going to try to replace Jalen Mayfield, or at least they're going to bring in competition, but they still think that, you know, Jalen Mayfield is going to be their starter. Um, and I get I where he's I coming agree. from. Yeah. yeah. And I get where he's coming from. Like they threw him out there. They refused to bench him. Even when they had options, they didn't really try to sign anyone. They wanted him to go out there and take his lumps. Um, yep. And we've all talked about it. We talked about it before. We talked about it right when the season started. Like Jalen Mayfield was thrown to the wolves. He was forced to play a new position with not a full training camp even at it because they made him play freaking right tackle because Caleb he lived, wasn't, he lived wasn't his waking nightmare in week one yes. against Philly and Literally. then relived it <laughs> yes. multiple times. Um, <laughs> and like it was a really bad year. Don't get me wrong, but but there were flashes really of really good play. Yes, I think there were there were, yep. you know, I think everyone looks at the fact that he gave up 11 sacks and that's true. And, you know, that's kind of unprecedented. Like, I agree. But um he had plenty of games where he was fine. He had several good games as a run blocker. Um, and they sort of need somebody to work out. Like, I guess if I was a betting man, I'd say it's more likely that Hennessy is the guy that works out. Cause I think Hennessy was solid. Um, you know, I, I especially as a run blocker, but um I think he was I think too. that yeah, I mean I think I think Hennessy will be fine. I think they'll probably just leave expect Hennessy to, to be fine. And Drew Dahlman, honestly, when we saw him, he was fine too, aside from the snapping issues. Um, but you know, I think they need to make it work with at least one of those guys. And like, I would probably, if it was up to me, I'd go out and sign like a, an interior guy. That's like a starter. Um, Come on, Brown. No. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not who I would sign. Yeah. Uh, James, James Daniels. Yeah. James Daniels. Maybe. Yeah. Um, they're probably cheaper. Like, like James Daniels is not coming to Atlanta. I would love it, but he's going to be one of the highest paid guards this cycle. I just don't think they have the money. Um, yeah. But like a Laurent Duvernay Tardif was the guy I pounded the table for last year, especially when it was rumored he was on the trade market. The Falcons didn't go after it. Um, but, you know, I think LDT ended up playing a lot for the Jets down the stretch and was solid. Um, he was he had come off a year where he didn't play football at all. So he was a very good guard before he took a year off. And the reason he took a year off is because he's a doctor and he wanted to help people with COVID. So I don't fault him for that at all. Um, so, you know, now, now that he's had a year under his belt to get back in the swing of things, um, I think you buy low on a guy like that, get him under contract for a couple of years, if you can at like a decent salary and maybe, maybe he starts the year and then maybe Jalen Mayfield takes over at some point, you know, or, or whatever. But I think you need a starting quality guy that you can put in at guard. If Jalen Mayfield isn't improving, like you hope, because when Jalen Mayfield was bad, it was really bad. Like it was like your offense <laughs> right. can't function yeah. bad. There was no and they floor. Can't, yeah, no, no. It was the 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 floor is lava, and the the lava is burning the whole <laughs> offense to the ground. So, um, 
So it was, uh, it was really, it was a nightmare uh, at times. So you can't just go in there and only be like, it's Jalen Mayfield and like Jalen Mayfield, no matter what, you know, write it on right. a card. But um, yeah. you need somebody. I don't think they're going to go out and spend premium money on it. If anything, I think it's going to be a center that they go out and get, which is weird considering I was like, oh, man, he's going to be fine. But like Ben Jones from Tennessee, I think is someone that they would consider making a run at if Tennessee lets him walk. Um, just because having a veteran center just really makes things easier. And like Hennessy, yeah. you can he's slide a couple him. years away. Yeah, you can Hennessey's slide him a couple too. years away. Um, yeah, and like if Hennessy, you know, just because you sign Ben Jones to like a three year deal, it doesn't mean you have to bury Hennessy and and just cut him. Like you just let the Hennessy age a little bit. Yes, exactly. And that, honestly, Hennessy is much better with age. You know, I exactly, it's definitely right? get. Yeah, it's a smoother. Um, it's a smoother. Uh, yes, you know, I'm sure many of our viewers can comment on Hennessy. I don't drink a lot of Henny. But um, I would, you know, if Hennessy becomes a Pro Bowler, well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. No, I should like do something <laughs> like, oh, yeah, if Hennessy makes the Pro Bowl next year, I'll like drink a whole bottle of Henny on stream or something. But I think that's not allowed on YouTube. So I'd we're going to we're gonna do it. No, way. we're holding you yeah. to that. That's now okay. legally yeah. binding contract uh, based on the airwaves. <laughs> the Falcons win the Super Bowl with my Hennessy at center. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I should make it harder. The Pro Bowl is kind of a joke. So, um, well, he is an Atlanta <laughs> player, so his chances of making the Pro Bowl are very low. So I'm probably safe. Very but, true. If AJ um, couldn't do can, it and Cordero couldn't do it, you know, he could be the best player in the NFL at his position and still, you know, be like the eighth guy you know, in contention, he could be not <laughs> making the pro bowl behind a guy who gave up, you know, like 1400 yards in coverage. Um, so yeah, uh, it, who knows what to think of the pro bowl, but, um, many people are talking about the pro bowl. Yeah. Many. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, uh, I think it's more likely they sign a center, but, um, they have to get somebody else to compete at least. Um, but would I be shocked if they sign like Laurent Duver- Duvernay Tardif and, Jalen Mayfield beats him out and is still the starter. No, um, but you need someone to. You need a backup. You need a good interior backup, and I think you need a veteran. Um, and that that's where I'd spend some money. I'd, I'd prioritize that because this with Matt Ryan at the helm, and I think he will be at the helm. You know, I think I don't think it's a I don't think it's a zero percent chance that he gets traded, but it's probably like ten percent, and it, yeah, it would only be if they got blown away by an offer. Um, and it's not. You know, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get traded and Russell Wilson doesn't get traded and all this and Deshaun Watson's not, you know, on the market or whatever, um, then Matt Ryan could easily be the best quarterback who's like, quote unquote, available. And so maybe some team gets desperate and is like, we'll give you two firsts for Ryan. It's like, OK, yeah, sure. Like, I'm not turning down two firsts for Ryan, um, but the chances of that happening are very small. So that's the chances that Ryan's not your starter um, is some very remote chance that someone gets desperate and wants to trade for him. Um so I think if you're going to be rolling with Matt Ryan for what's likely to be at least one more year, probably two more years, unless they do go like the Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter route, um, you need the offensive line to be right. This team, this uh, it's not going to function if the offensive line's not right. Um, and, you know, in my opinion, and it's not going to be popular. Like, I think they need to get the offense fixed. Um, like, it, it, they're not winning any games if they don't fix the offense. I don't care how good the defense is. I don't care if the defense is better like a lot better. I don't care if they're like, you know, doing way better in the sack department. They're still going to be losing dumb games to bad teams if they can't <laughs> score. Um, and that's a Falcon special. They're going to lose dumb games to bad teams no matter what. To be fair to Arthur to Arthur Smith, that was one thing they didn't do as often as I expected with considering the state of the team. Um, you know, they usually, for the most part, they beat the teams they should have beat. So, um, but yeah, I, I think to me right now, I'm looking at prioritizing the offense. And that doesn't mean don't take any defense. It's just like, I think we have to get the offense settled. Um, and I think if you can 
take best player available early on and then get, you know, you need a receiver. You need to get the offensive line settled. Uh, you probably need a day. I, I would probably just take a day three running back. Um, and then you want to get as many defensive linemen and other defensive help as you can. But um, it's going to be tough without extra picks. Uh, they're not going to have a lot of money no matter what they do. They're going to need a lot of picks to get this settled. And if they if a trade for Ridley does go down, um, then, you know, that obviously is going to get you a first round pick, in my opinion. Um, if a trade for Deion Jones goes down, you're probably getting, you know, maybe a midday three pick because teams know it's a salary dump. And so they're going to shortchange the Falcons on that, unfortunately. Um, maybe you trade down from eight and you get extra picks there. If they get a bunch of extra day two picks, I mean, the sky's the limit in terms of what they can do. <laughs> This is a this is a deep class. Like, yeah, that's where I that's where I would prioritize picks, to be honest, is the top 100. You could come away with two starting edges, a defensive, a starting defensive tackle, you know, a safety, a wide receiver, a running back like up into the top 100 picks. You're getting really good talent. That's where the strength of this class is. And we saw it on display at the senior bowl. So. Well, Sorry, uh, Jermaine Johnson. He uh, he sent Kevin a do you like me? Yes, no, maybe. And Kevin just hard with a safety, with a permanent marker, just uh, with a Sharpie on that, uh, just checked the no box and said, nope. Traylon Burks, no matter Can what. Can you block yeah. pass rushers? No, you can't. What's oh, up? sorry. You catching passes? <laughs> no. no. Hey, this, this has been um, incredible, Kevin, because, you know, Senior Bowl, the draft starts mobile. I've I've heard it that. Does. I'm sure you've heard that 400 yes. times over the last uh, over the last I think week. It says it on this badge, actually. Yeah, there's something on here about the draft starts. <laughs> it comes in it comes in yeah, every so. every little bit of uh of swag that you get from from Mobile. Yes, uh, the draft starts there. So the draft also has started on this podcast. We are going to kick off draft season, and Kevin was a fantastic resource to get us all on kind of the right page where we should be looking. Um, so Kevin, let everybody know where they can look for you. Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Falcoholic Kevin, where I still have about 50 practice clips to upload. I am very underwater on that. Uh, so keep Woo. looking for even more practice clips. Uh, and there's already like 100 up there. So if you haven't gotten a chance to see any senior bowl <laughs> practice and, you, and you're a degenerate that enjoys watching practice tape like me and many others, apparently, um, you can check my feed for all the all those clips. Um, I'm also writing at the Falcoholic, as I'm sure you all know, and also the host of the Falcoholic Live, which is on YouTube every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Also, we did uh, a series of practice recaps. Um, so if you want to get, you know, more of in-depth, you know, in terms of which players on which day, uh, those are all up on the YouTube channel as well. So thanks again for having me on, Wells. A lot of fun. Yeah, definitely go check all of those out I have um, in preparation for this podcast. And Kevin gives way more information <laughs> than, than he did here. But that's, I mean, that's incredible because it's truly the the Falcons fans deep dive on that um so go check it out at the falcolic where you can see both kevin and i's written work um and kevin this has been awesome dude i, I really appreciate it thank you for coming on and we're gonna have to have you on a uh, multiple times throughout draft season absolutely yeah i was looking forward to talking to ovi and then you're like oh Ovi's not coming I'm like, oh no i don't know i don't know if i can make it now know, you man know, we gotta no. <laughs> we gotta get a write-in campaign from the listeners to yeah. get ovi back yeah. on on the pod i know um, <laughs> yeah no i'm looking not. forward to it though i'm sure we'll talk again for sure Um, Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.